You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Baseball conversation on the new flagship home of the Sox, 720 WGN. That is correct. White Sox Weekly on the air, 720 WGN. Great to be with you this evening till 9 o'clock. My name is Mark Carmen. This is White Sox Weekly, and we love to talk to you. 312-981-7200. White Sox and Cubs play to a 4-4 tie today. But Eloy Jimenez with the two-run homer on an 0-2 pitch to right center. Anybody want to get some excitement rolling right now on what Eloy Jimenez is going to be? He's, it was the best part about the whole day today for me, and we're going to hear from Lucas Giolito, who was on the mound, and he was doing his post-game interview, talking to reporters. White Sox were trailing at that point, 3-2, and then he finds out that uh, Jimenez just hit a two-run shot to put him up by a run, and he's so happy for his teammate to be able to do that against your former team. I mean, that's sweet, right? You get traded by a team, you understand that it's business, but you, of course, want to play well against him. And to fight all day, not fight, but to campaign all day to Rick Renteria, hey, let me get in there, let me get an A-B. He wanted to start all week, but that didn't happen. But I guess today he, he made the pitch, let me get in there, let me get one swing. And to get your one swing at a two-run shot, that is uh, that's a pretty sweet moment. And again, Lucas Giolito today uh, was excellent. And the White Sox, um, you know, they're, they're obviously in transition here as we get towards the end of the spring. Carson Fulmer, a couple of starts this week. One of them uh, last, last Sunday against the Padres did not go particularly well in inning, four hits. Came back later in the week against the same uh, San Diego team. Three innings, four hits, two runs, a couple of earned a little bit better. Uh, and Carson's going to be in the starting rotation, and hopefully he'll pitch incredibly well. But it's great to see uh, Giolito pitching well. It's great to see, I think, James Shields is coming along nicely. So, you know, he hasn't been out there a ton, but just listening to the way he's gone about his spring, I actually feel pretty confident that James Shields is going to have a bounce-back year. Let me bring in our guy Chris Cook of the Chicago Tribune, who's been out there all spring. And uh, he joins us now on White Sox Weekly on 720 WGN. Am I being too optimistic on uh, James Shields? Chris, I know you, you've, you've talked to him a bunch, and he's a mentor in that clubhouse. But I, 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 it seems to me that he is in a good spot going into the year, and I, I think it's fair to have some optimism there. Yeah, there's some optimistic uh, areas there because he's found a new arm slot or he's been working on it. If you looked at his September last year, he was quite effective with it. He went through his last four starts. Um, you know, I, I don't know what to expect from him. You know, you're not going to get 18, you know, 17 wins, but he's a guy who's going to go out there and eat up some innings. And even if he gets in some trouble, I think Rick Rentree wants him to go out there and throw 180 innings, maybe get up to near 200 if he can. He's your workhorse and kind of takes the load off of some of those younger guys. But certainly I think he can be better than he's shown, and I think he wants to prove that. I talked to him a little bit about that, just kind of uh, BSing with him in the locker room saying, you know, he's saying, you know, I haven't really shown what I can do here. And he said, I said, well, you were injured. He said, I'm not blaming injuries at all. Um, I haven't really produced like I should be. 
uh, like I did in Tampa and some other places. So he's eager to prove that he can be that workhorse there. He's not going to be the ace that everybody really wants him to be where he goes out and wins 17 games and strikes out 250 batters. But he's a guy who can really eat up some innings. He can get you some deep in some, uh, deep in some ball games, which is very important for this young pitching staff. You don't want to have a guy who goes out there, throws two or three innings, and he's out there, and they go to the bullpen, and maybe you have to bring in one of those guys. So uh, we mentioned what he does in the clubhouse. You know, Michael Kopech, he's taking him under his wing. He's really – I saw him the other day. He was on the backfield showing him how to throw a changeup. Um, his fellow pitchers love him. He's a guy I really respected in the room. So he's, he's certainly a guy who can be – the so-called ace of that staff, maybe not so much as far as wins and losses, but as far as being an authority in that room and being an authority on the mound. What, what do you think is the plan here for Michael Kopech? Got roughed up this week against the Royals, but uh, there is deservedly so a ton of optimism on what this guy is going to be. Uh, wh- how do you think it will play out from this year, assuming he pitches well, say, you know, the rest of spring and the, and the start of the year? Yeah, he's not going to start with the team. Everybody can kind of take a backseat on that. Right. He's going to go down to he's going to go to Triple A Charlotte. He needs some innings. He's only pitched for 13 innings above Double A. Uh, Rick Hahn says we need him to figure out who he's, you know, what his pitches are. He needs to go through some at bats against some hitters who are near major league caliber, uh, which he hasn't really had. But this kid's got it, Carm. He's really got he's got a fastball that everybody loves. That's great. He's really about 101, 102. But the fact he's developing a changeup and he's a very smart pitcher. He's a kid who knows that. He can't rely on this fastball. He can certainly rear back and throw it when he needs it. But, you know, major league hitters are going to catch up to that eventually anyway. So, what he knows, he knows he needs to get his secondary stuff going. He's working on that. Um, I believe he's got a, the confidence he can do it. So, I think you're looking at a guy who's going to come up in, you know, July or August, get a taste in the major leagues, whether he's a, you know, whether what happens in the first couple of starts. He might be dominant early, but then I think the league will catch up in a little bit. It'll be a learning process for him. It's a big year for him to produce and learn how to be a pitcher, how to get major league hitters out, get in a certain situation, get in some jams, learn how to pitch out of those jams. And then starting next year, I think he's a stalwart in the rotation. I mean, every time I hear Michael Kopech talk, I'm impressed. And it's the, yeah. same, it's, it's, it's the same thing with, with Lucas Giolito, who, I, to me, that's a making of a leader right there, Chris. I, know, I don't want to you know, get too far out in front of everything here. But for a young guy, the way he carries himself, add in the talent, and somebody's going to have to emerge on this team, right, as they, as they start to go through the whole rebuild here and, and, you know, and, and have success. And I think he's going to do that. And I also think that he's, he seems like he's going to be a guy that's going to be pretty vocal in that locker room. Am I, am I on the right track here? Yeah, you really are. I'm really impressed with Lucas Giolito. He really knows everything about, that he knows about his body as far as pitching. He knows where his arm slot needs to be. He knows about how to get ahead and count. He knows what pitches need to throw. You realize today he hung a curveball and it was hit a long way for his only mistake. This is a kid who is as aware of his body and his pitches as anybody I've seen at that age. So really impressive to talk to. You break it down with him after a start. He's just like, it's, it's like a pitching clinic. It's like, boy, this guy sounds like he's been in the major leagues for 15 years. It's really amazing at that level, at that age, that he's got this kind of awareness of what's going on with his arm, what's going on in certain situations and counts. It's just a matter now of kind of learning the league and learning situations and getting some more innings. But yeah, to me, this kid's an ace. Um, you know, he, he may not be a number one, but he's definitely a number two, can pitch like a number one at certain times. And I, I, I urge Sox fans to really kind of get on this bandwagon because this kid has got great stuff. He's very tall. He's got a great arm slot where he comes over the top. He's not afraid to pitch up in the zone, which some young pitchers aren't willing to do. He realizes he can get effective outs there. This is a kid to keep an eye on, and he'll make a big step this year, I believe. Um, even I think what happened today, he pitched a great outing, but he, gave, he hung up that curveball, I think it was. 
and he realized he made a mistake and he said, I can't roll over like that. I need to bear down. And then I think he was upset when he got taken out after a four, four walk, uh, four pitch walk. And he was more angry at himself because he realized that he had one more batter there, right? He could stay in the game if he if had gotten through that batter and he didn't do that. So it's a, a the awareness level is amazing for this kid and he's very smart. Um, you know, he's fun to talk to, got a great personality. I think he commands a presence in the, in the clubhouse and on the mound. And that's just something you can't teach. Chris Cook, Chicago Tribune. It's White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN. Big news this week, uh, Luis Robert out. Uh, looks like it will be at least six, close to ten weeks with the, the sprained left thumb. And obviously, you know, he was going to start in the low level of the minors, and, and nobody expects him to be here this year. But when he hit a grand slam down by two, I get excited, Chris. I, that's just that's just yeah. me. So it's a it's a bummer that he's not going to be on the field. It's not it's not uh, you know career threatening, career ending, and he, you know he's going to play ton ton of baseball this week. But uh, how, what's your impression been of Luis Robert been being around him? I, I'm assuming that uh, you're you're on that bandwagon as well. Yeah, just a physical specimen. This kid is just built. I mean, you look at him, you go, oh my gosh! And you watch his Instagram, and he's always working out, and he's you know he's throwing around truck tires and. And everything else. And he's a very smart kid. Another kid who's really developed very fast and just got one of those five tool guys, you know, one of those guys who can, you know, you know, throw, he can run, he can hit. It's just, it's fun to watch a kid like that develop. And yeah, this is a setback, but you know, the only thing it really robs us of was maybe a few more bats in spring training because he was going to be starting in class A, probably Winston-Salem, maybe Kannapolis to trying to decide which one I would guess from what he's shown in spring training that he's capable of hitting some pitching there. He's probably going to start in Winston-Salem. But this is a kid who's a few years away yet. It's just when he's hitting this grand slam, right, when he when he comes in and he hasn't – it's his first Cactus League start. He'd appeared in some late-inning replacement. He's done okay, a couple of singles. I saw him hit, rip a double in a B game off of Kenley Jansen and just hit a rocket into the corner. I thought he was going to take a wall down. And he was a second base in a blink of an eye. And you just look at that tail and go, oh, my gosh, this kid's got something – you know, very. Don't be afraid to get excited about these guys. It's it's fun to watch him. It's fun to watch Aloy Jimenez and Kopech, and realize at some point that maybe not every one of these guys is going to hit. In fact, I think baseball history has shown that you can get a ton of prospects, but if you can get 25% of those guys to break through, maybe you know, maybe get 40% of those guys through, then you'd be a contending team. And I think that's what White Sox are counting on. But if you're looking at who can be stars in this league down the road. If their development goes according to plan, if they stay away from injuries, and Robert's been banged up a little bit throughout his career already, then you're talking about star players. Aloy Jimenez, in my opinion, is going to be a hitter who can be a star player if he stays healthy and keeps progressing. Louis Roberts is just a guy who physically has got all the tools. Seems like a smart kid, very down-to-earth kid, and that's important as well. He likes playing in this country. He likes the culture so far. Give him some time here. It's great to see him at a home run the other night, the Grand Slam, and everybody was very excited and team was jumping around. And you think, okay, let's get him on the roster. It's going to be a year. It's going to be two years. It's worth the wait. you got to let these guys develop. I would urge that with Kopech. I would urge that with Jimenez. I think you'll see both Kopech and, his, Kopech and Jimenez at some point this season. I think you'll see Robert probably sometime next season. But, you know, White Sox have a couple of these guys where you just look at it and say, let's get these guys moving, but – Rick Hahn, every time we talk to him, he just says patience. Let's practice patience because we don't want to just make a wild card this year or a wild card next year. We want to win multiple championships. And to win multiple championships, you cultivate this talent and you take your time. And I think the White Sox plan is to take their time. And so far, so so good, right? It looks really good. I, I, I'm i there. I, I like the excitement in your voice here, Chris. This is like genuine. <laughs> I'm trying not to drink the Kool-Aid, but it's fun to watch a, a young group that, that really wants to to play and you know they've made all the right moves so far 
you know, I mean, certainly there's been some missteps. So I don't think I think that Vercon could come back and take back the James Shields for Fernando Tatis Jr. He would do that. But you know, the thing is that they've they've got a direction, they've got a plan, and it's fun to watch these young guys. I mean, I know it's just one grand slam in the grand scheme of a spring training, but that was an exciting moment. This was the kid he rose to the moment in his first Cactus League start, and he's, he's he went in, he's, he's in the dugout saying, "I'm the only guy without a hit. I'm going to go out and do something," and he hits a grand slam. Jimenez today, he didn't have to hit that home run. Right, he comes up against the team that traded him, and he you know he's been injured. He comes in in his first at bat, and bang, it's a home run. It's fun to be excited in spring training. Otherwise, it's a slog. And it's great to for White Sox fans to see some future, see a plan there, and be excited about it. But, again, I would just practice some patience and not get too geeked because you'll burn out at some point. Yeah, that's true. Baseball, you know, you lose opening day, the season's over. Oh, no, they're 3-1, they're 3-1, right, th- exactly. they're, th- right. they're, they're going to win the World Series. you do, you got you to gotta pace yourself in a baseball season. It's very good advice. And, uh I, I don't know if you were there when, when Robert got hurt because, first of all, what's interesting about the Grand Slam, or at least another part that is, it came after he actually injured the finger. So he was playing yeah. through the injury at that point, and apparently it came on a, a feet-first slide. Like a lot of times when guys injure their thumb, they're, they're sliding head first, and, you, and, and a lot of times they don't need to do that, and you're putting yourself in harm's way. But that wasn't the case here. He kind of got it caught behind him. I don't know. if Did, did you see it when it happened? I was there. I saw him steal the base, but I didn't see anything irregular. And even he said that, his adrenaline was going so much that it didn't hurt at the time. In fact, he had a grand slam after that. Yeah. It didn't until the next morning is when it started hurting. So I saw it, but I didn't see it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. You, you couldn't tell. He didn't, he didn't stand up shaking his hand going, oh, gosh, that hurt. He just he stole his base. I don't know if he, I don't, I can't remember if he ended up scoring or not, but there was nothing irregular there. And certainly after he hits the grand slam, you're thinking there's nothing wrong. You know, it's been a kind of a rough spring training as far as injuries to prospects so far for the White Sox. You had Jake Berger, who's yeah. lost for the season with a ruptured Achilles, and that was a tough break because this kid, another kid to watch not only on the field, but just a great personality. He won everybody over in that clubhouse. They loved the kid. Um, he's got a great personality. He used to sit there with his Blackhawk stocking cap on and sit in, sit in the clubhouse and tell great stories and, and talk about how he's looking forward to the future. Uh, a number one draft pick who's, who's got a, a, a immense talent, going to be a third baseman although he doesn't look like a third baseman if you if you see him you google a picture of him he looks like you know a kid sitting in the 300 level of a blackhawks game but he's a kid who's got some great talent got some good feet for his size he can hit the heck out of the baseball so that was a tough blow and then as out with the the knee tendonitis um same thing you know now Luis robert and then alec hansen had a forearm soreness he's, he's been shipped out already but so it's been a bit of a rough go for some of these prospects but on the other hand, you look at what they're doing when they're on the field, you get pretty excited. Yep. Mike Rodolfo, too, the sprain UCL. I don't know if, I don't know if you yeah, mentioned exactly. that. Exactly. But, yeah. you know, back in there, at least at the plate, uh, DHing today. Chris, you're, you're, I, I've loved the coverage you're doing to start of the season, man. You, it's been awesome. Look Thank forward you. to talking to you a ton this year and uh, seeing you out of the ballpark. It's, uh, we're 19 days till opening day, Chris. Cook 26 <laughs> to the home opener. So it's, it's coming it's quick. Coming. Yeah. Thanks, Carm. I appreciate it. All right. Talk to you soon. Chris Cook, always doing a great job, and now covering the Chicago White Sox for your Chicago Tribune. We're going to hear coming back from Lucas Giolito, who spoke after the ball game today. Giolito on his start and his reaction when Eloy Jimenez hit his two-run shot. That's next on White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN. 0-2 on Eloy Jimenez. There's a high fly ball. This is charged right center field. Going back to the track at the fence. Opposite field home run for Jimenez. And the White Sox recapture the lead on a two-run homer here in the eighth. They now lead four to three. For real? I missed it. (laughs) That's awesome.
Ed Farmer on 720 WGN. Earlier this afternoon, White Sox Weekly with you now. My name is Mark Carmen with you till 9 o'clock tonight. Tim Anderson will be with us right after 8 o'clock, fired up to talk to the White Sox shortstop. And a reminder, there's a ticket plan for every fan. Get access to every opponent with a 20-game plan, or you can handpick your games with a 10-game package. Secure your seats for the 2018 season today. For more information, call 312-674-1000. You want to jump in here, reactions to seeing Giolito on the mound? Anybody thinking, like, I don't know, number two starter this year? I think that's very fair. Um, Maybe even more. Who knows? Uh, and, and yes, Michael Kopech's not going to start the season up because it doesn't make sense for him to be here with when you consider in the dollars and you, when your clock starts once you're in the big leagues. But I think we're going to see him sooner than later. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Ronaldo Lopez a ton. And, hey, James Shields, if he pitches well and all of a sudden the White Sox start surprising people, that's super sweet. And if the year doesn't go great and James Shields – is having a good year, well, maybe you can spin him for something nice at the deadline. Of course, that's you know that's all going to be a part of the season this year. I'm not ruling out the White Sox surprising. You look at the division, and you look at the Royals, and you look at the Tigers, I'll take the White Sox. Now, Minnesota and, and, and Cleveland is clearly the class of the division, obviously, and Minnesota picked up Lance Lynn today on a one-year contract. The Twins uh, pitching looking a whole lot better uh, now than it has. So, I mean, those are clearly one and two in the division, but, you know, it's, it's March. I'm all about baseball season. There's always a team that surprises. And the White Sox, whether they do or they don't, it's it's going to be um, a ton of fun to see all the young talent out there. Let's hear from one of that one part of that young talent, Lucas Giolito. Today, eight strikeouts, only a couple of walks, gave up the one run. Talking to reporters after the ball game today, here is number 27. Felt good. It's the strongest I felt in the spring so far. Um, first chance being able to throw to Welly in a real game situation. I really loved it. I love how calm he is back there. Uh, doesn't move around a lot. Uh, great pitch calling. So yeah, we were in sync. Um, all my pitches felt good for the most part. Um, you know, just the one to Caratini hung hung a curveball one two, but you know that happens time to time. Um, overall, my pitches felt pretty good. Would you say that? The energy and the rivalry amps up a little bit more. Oh yeah, I mean coming coming out here, um, you know they sell out here for spring training. Uh, all the people on the uh, on the uh, lawn in the outfield, and um, you know it's kind of a louder atmosphere than most spring training games. So it'll get get you going a little bit. So it was definitely um, it was definitely a, a fun atmosphere to pitch in for sure early early in the season. More breaking balls today than uh, your last few times out. Or? Yeah, yeah, I was um, I was just trying to mix it a lot. I was throwing the um, throwing the slider early in the count pretty well for a strike, um, and I was throwing my curveball uh, a bit sharper, which is what I've been working on in the off season. Throwing that sharp one, especially with two strikes, so I was able to get a few guys on that. Um, yeah, I mean overall, my breaking stuff felt pretty good. Change too. Yeah, yeah, I was throwing a, a mix of the four-seam change-ups and two-seam change-ups. I got Zobrist on uh, a good two-seam change-up. That's, that's right where I want it to be. Um, so that's, that's a pitch I'll be using more this year for sure, especially against lefties. What did you get your pitch count up to? Um, I want to say it was 70-something. Um, you know, I, I got to go out there for the, for the fifth face one batter. Uh, yeah, it was an unfortunately four pitch walk, kind of just like a, a mental lapse there. But you know, it was good to get uh, up and down five times. So yeah, is uh, the arm feels really good. Um, you know, overall my body feels good. So yeah, it was a good day. 
Did you expect to have such a good relationship with Castillo behind the plate? We've been talking throughout spring. I threw my, I threw my, I want to say second uh, side of spring training to him, and, and we talked about. Um, you know, my pitches, the, the way I like to pitch, you know, I like to throw a lot of change ups. So he was mixing those in. Uh, I didn't really have to shake off. I might have shook him off one time just to get, get to a curveball. Um, but yeah, I, I really love him back there. Uh, he did a great job, and I'm looking forward to working with him more in the future for sure. For real? I missed it. That's awesome. I think it was 0-2. That's awesome. Oh, my. Look at that. That's good. That's good stuff right there. Would you like to take the same stuff into your first start? Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, being able to command the strike zone pretty well. Uh, I didn't fall behind too many guys. Uh, throwing first pitch strikes really important. I did a, I, I'll have to look at it. I don't know if my first pitch strikes were great, but I was getting ahead of guys. And uh, that's important as a starting pitcher. I was getting a lot of ground balls, too. I like to see that. So, yeah, overall, I mean, good day, good day for me. Uh, really like throwing, throwing to Welly. I keep saying that just because it was, he did a really good job back there. Defense uh, infielders did a great job fielding behind me as well. So that was a fun one. I know that you talk with him in the clubhouse. Thoughts on Eli just hitting a home run? <laughs> it's pretty cool. I, yeah, I think 0-2 count. Um, yeah, you see him, you see him in the dugout smiling over there. He's got ear to ear grin, but. I mean, uh, again, I can oh. go back to this all the time, or the special talent we have. Uh, you know, the young guys are going to be coming up o- over the next couple of years. I'm, I'm really excited to see uh, what, what, they, what they have to offer once they come and help the club out. Lucas Gialito, another strong outing today. And a couple of things I loved about that one. Number one, uh, it's just good to hear that he's in sync with Wellington Castillo, who was one of the White Sox big acquisitions this year. We need a veteran catcher who will jive with the young pitchers. And Giolito is certainly, I mean, he can't throw him enough praise. Two change-ups, that's sweet. Going to be using that against left-handers. You would think that that's going to be a big factor for Lucas this year. And I like that he's real nitpicky with this stuff. I'm going to go back and look at my first pitch strikes, see if they were, you know, if I really like them or they could have been a little bit better. And then here's a guy that's, you know, sounds like, to me, a bit of a perfectionist, and that uh, can certainly help you. You know, today he comes out top of the first, and he strikes out the side. First two batters on curveballs, see, see you later, and then, and then a changeup uh, to get Ben Zobrist. And, th- you know, the second batter in there was Chris Bryant, who uh, was a pretty good player. So I thought that was incredibly impressive. So there you go, Lucas Gialito. Tim Anderson will join us right after the 8 o'clock news. This is 720 WGN. It's White Sox Weekly. Flagship radio station. You're listening to White Sox Weekly on the home of the Sox, 720 WGN. 720 WGN, White Sox Weekly, indeed with you till 9. Tim Anderson in seven minutes at 8.15. Mark Carmen with you here. Let us talk to, or let us hear from Eloy Jimenez, who hit a two-run homer today. He was asking Rick Renteria all game long if he could get in the game, get in at bat, and he did, an 0-2 count, and hit a two-run shot to right. And here he was after the ball game. I think it was just because the energy, the good vibe. I, I, I was asking him during the whole game, and then I think that when he saw me, he realized, like, yeah, okay, let's do it. Was this a dream come true? Un sueño pues para ti hecho realidad el debutar contra Ida Alejandro Ron. Todavía no, todavía no. En Grandes Ligas va a ser sueño. No, no yet, no yet. 
when I reach the majors and play against them, that's going to be my dream. Tell me how it feels like. I know it's just spring training, but hitting a home run against his team he came up or he was playing with minor leagues, why how does it feel? Pero cómo se sintió hoy, pues, jugar, debutar frente, frente a tu ex equipo y darle un honrón a ellos que casi le da a ustedes la, la, la chance de ganar el juego. En verdad, es algo emocionante, pero como te dije, eh, lo bueno está por llegar. It is excited, it is excited, but as I, as I said before, the, the best is to come. Was, uh, was that an inside pitch that you hit? It was an count, right? What was the pitch? ¿Cuál fue el picheo que sí fue adentro, fue afuera, no? No, fue afuera, un breaking ball. Was a breaking ball uh, in the far end of the strike zone. Like a, yeah, well, it, it wasn't an, an in pitch. Was it wasn't in. Did you know it was gone? Not really. What was it like in the dugout uh, when you came back to the dugout? ¿Cómo fue en el dugout cuando regresaste? ¿Cómo fue la felicitación? Oh, me recibieron bien. Lo que no me mojaron, que está bueno. It was good. They, they, they welcomed me in a good way. They didn't uh, throw anything uh, on me. I was right. That's good. Did he go up home late expecting to hit a home run, or was it just, hey, it just happened? ¿Fuiste pensando en en que el jonrón podía pasar o fue solamente algo que pasó en ese momento? No, en verdad yo fui pensar que yo le iba a dar en la maceta, pero no jonrón. I just went to the home plate thinking of uh, hit the ball on the barrel of the bat, uh, and then it happened. Then it happened indeed. There you go. Through a translator, Eloy Jimenez after the game today. That was just an awesome moment. Hey, head to the park for Dollar Vienna Beef Hot Dogs every Wednesday home game this season. You can take advantage of this unbeatable deal as you cheer on the Sox all season long. Get your single game tickets now at WhiteSox.com. Tim Anderson coming right up. This is White Sox Weekly on 720 WGN. At the wall, the 380, gone. A three-run homer for Tim Anderson. 3-1 White Sox. Back to White Sox Weekly on 720 WGN. I believe that was a curveball that Tim Anderson hit in tonight. Early in spring training. Tim Anderson, the White Sox shortstop, joins us now on White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN. Great to talk to you, Tim Anderson. Thanks for being a part of the show tonight. Appreciate it. No, no problem. I appreciate you having me. So you're uh, you got a two year old, huh? Pa- Correct, man. I do. Yeah. <laughs> what did what did what did you get Peyton for a birthday? I, I I see some sweet pictures here on your Twitter and whatnot, and and I know you're you're an all star dad. So did did you did you do anything special? Oh, uh, we took her out to eat and uh, we got her a couple of toys. So you know, that's, we had her a birthday party earlier uh, before we came out of spring training. So we got to spend that time with our family. Very, very cool, very cool. So, so what did you think of your guy uh, Eloy Jimenez today, coming off the bench, hitting a two-run shot to give you guys the lead? Oh man, easy power, <laughs> easy power. Are you see him, man? You see him, man? He's ready. He's ready. And he, was he? Did you notice him talking to Ricky uh, Renteria during the game, saying, "Hey, uh, can I get an AB here or two? Perhaps let me get a yeah, shot." Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he told me, man. He told me before, before the game that he wanted one. And I asked him, he was like, I don't know. We'll see what happens. And he did. So a young guy like that going up to skip, that's kind of a, that's a little bit intimidating, right? Like, don't you have to sort of stay in your corner and like, well, whatever the manager says? But No, no. I, I, our chemistry is getting great. You know, it's getting better. Uh, we respect one another. And, uh, you know, you, you know, you feel like you need to speak up. It, it's okay. So it's, everybody's a leader in the locker room. 
that's how we go about it. Yeah, so who get who gets the credit for that? I mean, I, I love what you guys are doing on the social media. Everybody's getting a different day. Your day was earlier this week, and, I mean, it's been Matt Davidson Day and Nikki Delmonico Day. and I, Who who kind of is bringing this whole thing together? I get, Yolmer's getting a lot of a lot of credit here, but I, give me the, the full scope of what's going on in that clubhouse. Yeah, uh, you know, we, we just, you know, we just we get along real good, man. You know, our social media manager is uh, Nikki Delmonico, so you know he <laughs> keeps us posted on things. <laughs> so, uh, you know, man, it's just it's 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 just the locker room is so awesome, man, and and everybody's getting along, and we just loving on one another, and, and you know that that makes it even easier when we go out on the field. So it, it's been great. Now, let's talk about the the field a little bit more today, and White Sox shortstop Tim Anderson with us here, White Sox Weekly. Lucas Giolito looked okay to you sitting out at shortstop today. I, I, he got you some uh, some easy choppers, or never, never super easy, yeah. but but it, it, it weren't there weren't a lot of rockets coming at you. Yeah, he's good. He's good. Yeah, he pitched. He pitched a great game today. He pitched a great game today, man. He looked real good. Is he like? Uh, would you call him perhaps over mature for his age? Is is that fair? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, man. He, 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 you know, he has himself well. Okay. You know, he carries himself in, in a in a in a in a mature way. Yeah, yeah. So, so how are you looking at this season for yourself, Tim? I, you know, I, I know that last year there was you you had stuff with with your good friend Brandon Moss off the field, and and that was a, a, a you know something that nobody ever wants to deal with, and uh, you know, just awful. And now you're. You're, you know, you're you're trying to get yourself back together and come back and play baseball and have fun, you know, the way that you want to. What, what how are you feeling this spring? Man, I feel great, man. I'm, I'm, my ultimate goal is just to have fun. You know, I try not to worry about too much. If I have fun, everything else will take care of itself. Yeah, fair enough. Hey, can, 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 let me rewind here and, and go back. You're you're in high school. You're a basketball player. Yeah. Baseball's not on your radar. Were were right. were you sitting there thinking to yourself, I, I should be you know, playing baseball more, or were you thinking that basketball was your future? Like, take take me into the mindset of of a young Tim Anderson in high school when you're when you're hooping, but you're not, you know, you're not playing baseball till later later in your high school years, and and not that much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was just one of those things, man. I had fell in love with basketball so much that you know, I had I had a college offer, and uh, you know, I went into the deadline to decide to tell the coach that I was going to play baseball and. Uh, you know, it's just something I sat down and talked with my family about. And, uh, you know, I feel the average height in the NBA is 6'4", and, you know, I'm nowhere near that. <laughs> so I feel like my better route was to go baseball. So, like, you know, that's what I took. so you were calculated. You were actually – so you yeah. were – Okay. So you you were yeah, – I, I did my homework. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay, I, and maybe, I, maybe it's just – this is just me, but I feel like most guys at that time, they're not thinking about – you know, playing pro, they're just trying to like let me get to college and play, or or I, I, you know, you're you actually knew, I guess, in your heart that you had the talent to be a professional, in in, in one way or the other, and you were gonna you were gonna pick a path where you could get there. So you you were dreaming it that big at that time. Yeah, I, I wasn't. I, I can say I wasn't. I wasn't dreaming that big at the time, but okay. I was dreaming big as far as you know making it to the NBA, and I felt that you know I want if I was gonna play basketball, I wanted to make it to the NBA because I was just so in love with it at the time that. You know, baseball didn't really get my attention until, you know, I made that decision. And after my first game my sophomore year, you know, that's when I feel like I, I could be a professional athlete. Very so, – okay. Turn it to a job. That's interesting. Cause so, so, you you know, you, you go to East Central Community College, right? 
And you're uh-huh. as a freshman, you hit 360, which isn't terrible. But I guess at that point, you're not you're not. No one is necessarily paying super attention to you. And then you come right. out your sophomore year, red hot. You hit 500 for the season, and next thing you know, you're drafted by the White Sox in the first round. I mean, that's crazy. Seriously, that's that. Yeah. that that's a wild journey. Yeah, it is, man. It is. You know, it's it's a special story, man. And I, I like to tell my story, man, because it gives people hope. You know what I mean? Yep. Absolutely. There's, I mean, people can be inspired by that, right? You're, you're not, you're yeah, not, man. You're, you're not playing. You, it, you know, one shot, man. One shot, one chance. You can make it happen. Was there anything that happened between your freshman and sophomore year that you were you were working a different way that allowed you to take off as we try to inspire people? Uh, I'll say after my freshman year, I went to, uh, I went to play summer ball up in, uh, up in Kansas in the Jayhawk League, and. Uh, you know, I, I did great there, and that was able. I was able to put, you know, get my name out there, and I, I played well there, and went back to college, and I had a, a great sophomore season, and you know, it led up to this. That's that's awesome. So, and then you know, you, you you come up to the White Sox after making your way through the minors, and and you get the big contract. And I was, you know, going back through what they were saying at the time, and and one of the things that Rick Hahn said about you was that, hey. You know, we know with Tim Anderson that even when he's going to get paid, we still know that he's going to come to the ballpark every day and, and work hard. Is do you? And and it's obvious how, how much you love to play the game. But did your? Right. I mean, were you able to? Do you relax a little bit when you're like, okay, I've got more money than I ever thought I would have in my life. I know you were dreaming it big, but like once that check comes in, comes in, I'm assuming you look at like, oh my god, I am, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of rich. This is unbelievable. So, I yeah. mean, did it, did it take yeah. a little pressure off for you? Uh, I mean, it took pressure off as far as you know, uh, my family was being able to provide for my my wife and my daughter. Uh, that was relieving, and and that's why I was. You know, I was wanting to get a deal, and uh, I just, you know, I love it. You know, love being a white side, man. It, it's, you know, I feel like it's. I, I stepped in at a great time. You know, they rebuilding, and you know, I feel like we got a chance to do something real special. Can I be? Uh, I like to be optimistic in life, Tim, and I'm saying that it's March, and I know you guys are not necessarily the whole grand scheme of things. You're not planning on perhaps winning the World Series this year, but I think this team can surprise. I mean, I'm assuming you guys are feeling that same way. There's no reason going into the season to think anything else, right? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're thinking big out, out the gate, uh, you know, but I can't put a name on it, uh, you know, but we, we that's the ultimate goal is, is to bring, you know, championships to the South Side, so. You know why not see it? But um, we just you know we we we're doing everything we're preparing right. We we we're, we're doing our we're doing our work, man. We 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 having fun and 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 we're working. So you know that's that's the ultimate goal. So all right, and 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 lastly here for yourself, when you get through the 162 this year and you look back, like what will you have wanted to see to be able to call the year a success for Tim Anderson? Uh, man, I I, I would just love to see me, you know. Just having fun, man. You know, always keeping a smile on my face and just having fun with my teammates, and you know, just being that, being that leader and 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 that great teammate. You know, on and off the field, and uh, you know, man, just just you know, carry carry myself the right way and just have fun. How's that bond coming with Yoan? Man, it's good. It's good, man. That's my that's my brother. <laughs> he, he's a, he's a talented dude, correct? Yeah, he is. He's funny. that's i I think you got to have that bond up the middle right i mean you guys spend a lot of time together 
Yeah, yeah, man, we do, yeah, we do. Are you, are you competitive with him in any way? Do you guys, uh, any, like, locker room games or anything like that? No, 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 he's just, uh, you know, we, we joke around a lot and just, you know, have fun and, and keep one another laughing and smiling. All right, fair enough. Hey, uh, I, I'm super excited to watch you this year, Tim Anderson, and great to have the White Sox, by the way, on WGN Radio, so we're, we're looking forward to seeing you out at 26 days till opening day, night, uh, well, op- the home opener, and 19 till the road, so... Uh, stay healthy the rest of the spring, and, and we can't wait to see you get the season rolling here. Thanks for thanks for being a part of White Sox Weekly. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. It was our pleasure. Tim Anderson, White Sox shortstop on 720 WGN. And, uh, you know, his, his thing on social media, and he's talking about Revenge 18, coming back, having fun, being that kid playing with his head on fire. And I think you just – Saw it right there. He's not talking about numbers. He's not talking about wins. He's just talking about going out to the ballpark, enjoying himself, and everything else will fall in place if he's doing that. That is your White Sox shortstop, Tim Anderson. White Sox Weekly continuing. Hey, become an official member, by the way, of the White Sox today by joining the free WhiteSox.com blacklist. You get breaking news. You get the latest videos. You get special ticket offers and more delivered right to your inbox. You can visit WhiteSox.com slash blacklist to register today. With you till 9 o'clock, going to hear from Aaron Rowan coming up and some uh, some news with, with Hawk and, and with Jim Tomei as well. 720 WGN. White Sox Weekly continuing. Aaron Rowan coming up after 8.30. Talk to Adam Hogue out in Glendale this week. Hey, it's 19 days till spring training, which means... When you think of 19 and you think of the Chicago White Sox, you have to think of Billy Pierce, right? Seven-time All-Star, led the American League in complete games three times, 20-game winner, 1957 and 1956. 21 complete games, Dan Long, in 1956. 21 of them. That's when baseball was a little bit different than today, right? 186 strikeouts was the best in baseball in 1953. Played with the Sox from... 50 to 61, if you recall, and was with Detroit before that and with the San Francisco Giants after. And, of course, the Sox retired his number back in 1987, and the statue for Billy was unveiled uh, back in 2007, and he was put on the White Sox All-Century team in 2000. Billy Pierce, 19 days till spring training. That's how I spent my day today, figuring out how I wanted to talk about 19 days to spring training, baby. And it's not 19 days to opening day. Thank you. Not till spring training. We're in spring training. Thank you very much. It's great to be back with WGN. It's White Sox Weekly on the official radio station of the Chicago White Sox. 720 WGN. Great to have you, Jerry Reinsdorf. White Sox Weekly continuing till 9 o'clock. Adam Hoke sat down with Aaron Rowand. And we're going to hear from... We're going to hear play that interview in a matter of moments. But, uh... Cool news this week on how the White Sox are going to honor Hawk Harrelson. 33rd and final season in the broadcast booth. Hard to believe. So Hawk Day, Sunday, September 2nd versus Boston. Of course, the Hawk began his career uh, with the Red Sox back in 1975. Um, his broadcasting career. And... Um, so that's that's a nice synergy right there against Boston, September the 2nd. And I think even more fun than that, although that's going to be an amazing day, obviously, but uh, Saturday, May 19th versus Texas, the Hawk Solo bobblehead on Star Wars night. 
Han Solo, Hawk Solo. First 20,000 fans will take home a Star Wars bobblehead saluting Hawk Saturday, May 19th versus Texas. So as you're picking out your games this year, if you're a Hawk fan, as you should be, that would be a cool little thing to have, right? The old Hawk Solo bobblehead night. And again, Hawk, uh, Hawk Day on Family Sunday, September the 2nd versus Boston. All right, let's hear uh, Aaron Rowand and Adam Hogue sat down for a conversation uh, out in Arizona. And let's hear that now right here on White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN. So Aaron Rowan, outfield base running coordinator, your third year doing this. Is that is it as simple as that sounds? Or what exactly uh, is part of your job description out here? Well, it's just that. And, um, you know, working with the base stealers, working uh, techniques, situations, um, knowledge, um, you know, being aggressive, pushing the issue, forcing errors on the other, to- on the other side. Um, I mean, that's how this, that's how from the top down with Rick on down to all the levels, uh, we're going to play. We're going to play the game and, and play the game right. Run balls out, make hard turns, try to force the defense to make mistakes. Um, and you've seen it in the big leagues. They've been doing that, and a lot of extra bases have been taken. Um, a lot of extra bases have been taken just because of the pressure that the base running has put on the defense. And, and we're going to try to instill that in every level of our organization all the way up and uh, the expectation level is going to be there even when they get to the big leagues so that part of it is you know there's a lot of technical stuff that goes into it as far as reads and I mean nobody notices base running when it's good but when somebody makes a mistake it's glaring so we try to keep that from happening and uh, outfield stuff again techniques reads um, knowledge throwing um, positioning communicating all these things uh, along with the fundamentals of of what you you know drop stepping uh, angles to balls cutting balls off um, taking direct routes all that stuff comes down to fundamentals and uh, so going around and all the levels and, and, and trying to start it here in spring training and then continue that in roving around during the uh, regular season so during the season you just kind of go from Place yeah, to place. The, yeah, I go from from uh, affiliate to affiliate. Spend three or four days at each place and, and go visit them four or five times during the summer. When did you know you had this itch to coach? Um, I, I've always enjoyed um, coming to the ballpark. I mean, I was like that as a player. Uh, I just love the game, and I had a lot of great teachers who instilled a lot of a lot of uh, great fundamentals and wis- and given me a lot of wisdom over the years and. Um, I think as an ex-player, it's nice to feel like you can give some of that back. And um, that part of it has been, it's been rewarding. And, and I enjoy coming to the ballpark every day and trying to help these guys achieve their dreams. We got a chance to see Luis Robert yesterday on the big field. He had a nice grand slam to, to, to win the game. Uh, a couple defensive plays out there too. What have you seen from him so far in, in your work with him? He is a has un- un- unbelievable athleticism, um, I guess is the best way to put it. His athleticism is is up there with anybody in the game and special. I mean, he's he's got all the tools. He's, he's got a great arm. He runs like a, like a gazelle. Um, he's quick. He's got great instincts, uh, great hands, and that doesn't even 
mention his swing and his power. I mean, he's he's got all the tools, and, and he's young, and but he's polished for being as young as he is. So, um, I think I think the people in Chicago, it won't be too long before they get to see him because uh, he, he's actually with all the physical gifts and everything that he has. What has really been, I think, surprising and eye-opening to some of the people here is how mature mentally and in his approach at the plate and what he's trying to do. Uh, and then the athleticism just takes care of itself. What, uh, what's it been like with the language barrier with some of these, these kids that are so important in this organization? Uh, how does that add to the challenges at all? And, and how much have you seen them kind of embracing breaking that, that barrier that, that, that exists? Well, I mean, Louis, this is the first time Louis has been to the U.S., so um, he's really the only one that doesn't speak any English yet, and he's learning. Um, but other guys like Adolfo and, and Eloy, those guys all speak very, very good English. Um, they've, they've done their classes and, and grown up around the English language, so they're, um, communicating with them has been, has been easy. How about Eloy and Adolfo? <clears throat> Both have been a little bit limited here with with some injuries. Uh, I don't know how that's affected you, the work you've done with them here in spring. But what have you seen from those two? Um, they're both great players, and they're both um, they're both going to be special. Um, Miker, at least now, is able to hit and do stuff um, defensively. He can do all of his work. He's just not throwing. Um, and so to see him get out there. And get some at bats, and he's had some success. And Eloy getting back into things now um, after a little little tendonitis uh, issue. Um, just I think from the first day, you know, it, it, coming out and, and starting and stopping and doing all that stuff uh, right at the beginning of the of the really, uh, you know, the the first couple days and stuff you body tends to go like what are you doing you know what i mean and and so his is just a minor deal but he they wanted to make sure that he had some time and uh make sure we get everything right before he gets back out there and and he seems to be moving around pretty good right now so i think hopefully that's behind us and uh you know as far as a player goes he's tremendous i mean his maturity um in his approach at the plate um is far beyond his years and again the ability level he's got he's got a swing that will give him the ability to hit for average but also uh, hopefully a whole lot of power too because he's he's a big strong guy with a great bat path who drives the ball the other way can pull the ball um lags off speed pitches i mean he's he's about as polished a hitter for his age that i think i've ever seen so how is he defensively uh, obviously, we, we see the videos. We can see how far he can hit the ball. How is he in the outfield? He's actually surprisingly light on his feet for a big guy. <clears throat> he um, He's not, you know, for as, as big and tall as he is and as big as his feet are, he's not heavy on his feet. He's not clunky. He's got good footwork. Um, he's got an above-average arm. He takes pretty good routes, goes and gets balls. Um, I mean, everything that I've seen from him in the outfield, he's, he's a solid outfielder and with an above-average arm. He's not a guy that you would put out in the outfield and, and have any reservations of, you know, keeping him in the game with the late in the game uh, as far as, like, putting a defensive replacement in for him. He's, he's a very, very solid defender and uh, and surprisingly faster than what you would think for a guy his size. So do you and Jim Tomey uh, debate about who, who won the trade 
2006? No, no. Jimmy, Jimmy is one of the greatest people that I've ever had the opportunity to meet. And we've become very, very good friends And over the years, playing against each other, getting traded for each other. We both have uh, a, a man named Charlie Manuel in, 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 uh, in common who we both love very dearly. And look, probably both of them look, we both look at him like a father figure. So Jimmy and I have, have, have had a good bond and a close bond for you know all the years that I've known him and to be able to work with him here has been awesome and we just like talking hit and telling stories about Charlie and trying to help these kids get better if I could jog your memory a little bit you you were so beloved by this organization and White Sox fans and it's it's great to ha- that you're back with the organization what was that like coming off the World Series going through that trade well at the moment it was heartbreaking um, I love the city of Chicago I loved all the fans um, I just love being part of the, of the White Sox organization. I think I made the mistake right about a week before I got traded by saying at the DVD unveiling that I wanted to wear this uniform the rest of my career. And then a week later, I got traded. But, uh, no, I mean, at the time, yeah, I was heartbroken leaving the only organization that I ever knew, the one that I came up with, all the people, the front office. Um, but I was lucky that I got to go to Philadelphia and 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 play in front of those fans and that organization and the people that I met there and the teammates that I had there. I was very lucky if I was going anywhere that I got to go there. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite moments from 05 in the, in the World Series is not, not necessarily the, the home runs themselves, but I think it was you and Brian Anderson. Was it Brian Anderson? Yeah, I think, in the, when jumping around. Jumping around like crazy. When Scotty hit his homer, yeah. Right. What was, uh, yeah, how, how often do you still think about, uh, especially that night specifically? Oh, a lot. I mean, it it was one of the biggest um, moments of my life. And luckily I get to come here and I see a lot of the people that I got to share that with. It was awesome. I think about it every single night and about five times during the day would have been my answer. If I had had those experiences, I would never stop thinking about them. Great to hear Aaron Rowan uh, sitting down with Adam Hogue out at the spring training this week. We have a tribute to uh, one of the all-time great White Sox coming back this week. A little hint, it might have been a special day for him during the week. White Sox Weekly with you till 9 o'clock on 720 WGN. Bases loaded, two out. With Canerco on. And he rips one in the left. Canerco, grand slam. One of the greatest moments in White Sox history. Game two, the 2005 World Series. Happy birthday to Paul Canerco. 42 years old on this past Monday, March 5. 42 years old. And the WGN-TV White Sox commercial with Paul Canerco talking about he had his memories and now these guys are going to have their memories. Incredibly well done. And I don't know how Paul Canerco is doing it, but uh, he looks like he's, I don't know, 31, 28. He looks, he's a very young-looking Paul Canerco. Uh, my name is Mark Harmon. This is White Sox Weekly with you till 9. Dave Hoekstra warming up in the bullpen. He'll take the mic at 9 o'clock. I was looking up uh, who has been doing particularly well in spring training. Figured we would bring that to you. And uh, let's focus on the pitching tonight. Luis Avilan, three games in the spring, three and two-thirds innings, seven strikeouts, no walks. Now, I'm talking about people right now who have not given up a run. And I know it's the spring. But those numbers are impressive, and Avilon's an interesting guy. He came over from the Dodgers uh, when the White Sox traded Jake Peter, 
And so they pick up him and Joaquin Soria in the same deal. And here's a guy who hopefully helps you surprise this year. But if it's not, if it doesn't work out, then he and Joaquin could be guys that could bring you additional prospects uh, midseason this year. That's how rebuilds go. So I think that's a certainly a good start right there. Dylan Cease, who of course came over from the Cubs along with Aloy Jimenez, who Hit a two-run shot today. He hasn't given up a run this spring. Three and a third innings, five strikeouts, couple of walks, only a couple of hits. Opponents are batting 167 against him. You got to like that. Nate Jones, now four games, four innings, hasn't given up a run. Came on today in the eighth inning. No problem. One, two, three, bang, bang, bang. Nate Jones, will he be closing out games? I'm sure he's going to get an opportunity to close some. And here's another guy who the who the White Sox now, not from the Cubs, but they made another deadline deal last year where they sent, uh, where they made the deal with the New York Yankees, uh, and they got Blake Rutherford and a bunch of guys, including Ian Clarkin, who today, if you're watching on TV, pitching coach Don Cooper talked about Clarkin as a guy that's he's been impressed with this spring, three and two thirds innings, no earned runs, couple of walks, and uh, he's been pitching well, so. You got some candidates here. I know it's the spring and things can get a little uh, different when the season starts, but there's a bunch of guys who are pitching well. Chris Volstead hasn't given up a run. He came up last year for the Sox in September and pitched well out of the bullpen. That's another guy who, at bare minimum, gives you some depth. Five games, seven and two-thirds innings, uh, four strikeouts. Opponents right now, they're hitting 0-43 against him. He's given up one hit this spring. That is impressive. And Hector Santiago... I got high hopes for for Hector as well. Four games this spring, 10 innings, seven hits, struck out 10, only three walks. He's only given up one run. And last year, of course, he was limited to, what was it, 15 appearances. He had shoulder and he had back injuries. That was uh, when he was with the Twins. But uh, healthy now, pitching well as the White Sox continue to build that depth. So there you go, some guys who are hot Early in the spring, coming out of the White Sox bullpen, I think all of that is uh, something to be excited about this spring. Cool moment this week that I wanted to bring up. It was in the White Sox loss to the Texas Rangers on um, on March the eighth. They lose to the they lose to the Rangers. It was a split squad that day. They lost five four in this game. But so they get to do the national anthem, right? And you got your singer out there, and he or she is ready to go, and the microphone does not work. So what do you do? Well, everybody just jumped in in the stadium, and they all sang the song, Dan Long. Isn't that beautiful? And I have that's to, good form. That's good form right there. And now that happened to me back in my play-by-play days at St. Edwards University, where I was doing the play-by-play, and I think that night I was also doing the PA before the, you know, for the in- for the introductions and they turned to me and they said hey we don't have the we didn't have singers they had a cd to play the anthem we lost the cd mark carmen can you sing the national anthem no i cannot and they, they just looked around and panicked and like somebody at the scores table said well guess it's a group thing and every and you know the 300 people in attendance sang the national anthem so i wasn't there for that but i saw jason benetti a white Sox tv tweeting about about it I thought that was pretty cool that, that people jumped in and sang the anthem that's what I would have done if I was there Dan I know you would have too right belted it out I would have been right there you would have been you would have been right there so uh yeah that, that's you know you never know what's going to happen 
in, in spring training. 312-981-7200, White Sox Weekly. The White Sox and Cubs tied today at four. Joe Madden called off the 10th inning. I know it's spring training, and I know that most people left the ballpark. But I would have I would have been all in favor of seeing a 10th inning. It's it Sox Cubs. I know it's spring training, and I I, I get it. But uh, I know the broadcasters were very happy to uh, have the game called. Steve Stone, I think, sprinted out of the booth. All right, let's take a final timeout. Dave Hoekstra coming up next. White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN.